0: want to speak today uh, on a simple subject, uh, a sure foundation. How many know it's important to have a good foundation? It is important to have a good foundation. If you don't have a good foundation, what you are building on will not last. You must start with the foundation. And it is important for us to make sure that we have a sure foundation. Even if we have to take a little bit more time with the foundation and not hurry to build the walls, we must take time to make sure we have a foundation. Many people get off running too fast, and because of that, they crumble they falter, they end up making mistakes because they didn't have a sure foundation. And when you get to building too fast without making sure your foundation is sure, you will eventually see and feel the effects of a faltered foundation. Oftentimes when homes are built they say it takes a couple years before everything settles. They say that once the home is built, you may see there be some slants, some things that dip a little bit, maybe even some cracks. And that's coming from the foundation. The foundation is settling in because it's not, solid yet. You we will see that in our walk with the Lord. As we have a foundation that is set, that is solid. If you are lacking in one area, I'm going to say that again, if you're lacking in just one area, you will start seeing cracks. You will start seeing things start to sink a little bit in certain areas in your walk. That you thought was strong. The wonderful thing about. The foundation that we stand on. Is that our foundation can constantly be worked on. Because when you build a home. In order to work on the foundation you would have to tear down the complete house. In order to go back and work or reconstruct that foundation. Or you would have to dig so much around that house to get to the point to where you can get to that foundation. But when it comes to the ways of the Lord, you don't have to start all over. You don't have to wipe everything out. You don't have to tear everything down. But all you have to do is go back to the rock of our salvation. All you have to do is go back to the foundation, the biblical principles of God's word. And he can reassure that foundation in your life. It's important to have foundational principles. That's why I'm constantly talking about chronological Bible reading. Because we must constantly be reading our word. That's why I'm constantly talking about the importance of prayer, because we must continually stay on our knees in prayer. We must continually take time each and every morning when you rise and before you close those eyes, Jesus should be on your mind. It is important for every believer that when you rise, you take time to pray. That you take time to give him thanks for giving you just one more time one more opportunity one more day it is important before you lay your head down to sleep that you take the time to say Lord I thank you for keeping me just one more day I thank you Lord for protecting me just one more day and while you're thanking him don't close those eyes before you say Lord forgive me if there's anything I've done that's not like you that is how we build your foundation It is important to put these things in practice, even if you have to set reminders in your life. Because what I have found is, is that many times the foundation that we have heard about over the years, we lose track of those biblical principles and we find ourselves faulting in some areas. And whenever you see yourself faulting in some areas, I challenge you to go back and look at your foundation. Have you been praying when you rise? Have you been making sure that you ask the Lord for his forgiveness before you go to bed? Have you been making sure that you asking the Lord to search my heart, Lord? There's anything in me that needs to come out of me. Lord, work on me. Those things build your foundation. Amen. Some people, they get so excited. They go off running so fast. And they don't have a good foundation. So they're going to find somewhere down the road. Well, they're wondering, how did I mess up? How did I get here? How did I get to where I am? It's because you never took the time to build your foundation correctly. Amen. So it's important to have a sure foundation. We are living in a time where with the coronavirus being such a prevalent thing in our day, And the frustrating thing when it comes to how we are receiving information about it is different. One doctor will say this, one doctor will say that, one doctor will say this. You hear somebody else from this person. Everybody's information, it seems to be different because they're dealing with something that is the unknown. The thing about having a sure foundation is that. When you have your trust in the Lord, when your faith is all in him, even in the middle of uncertainty, you can trust that God is with you. Even in the middle of chaos, you can say that I know that the Lord is on my side. Even in the middle of all the things that are going on and all the people that are saying one thing and somebody else says another, you can say, but God is for me. And greater is he that's in me than he that's in this world. So when people speak with fear, when people speak with uncertainty, when people speak, because see what comes out of your mouth is from the abundance of your heart. So God, work on my heart that my heart may be right with you, not with man, but my heart may be right with you. So the words that come out of my mouth are words of truth. And truth is only found in Jesus Christ. Because the words that we speak, believe it or not, come from your foundation. (laughs) It's because I have a sure foundation and I know who I'm standing on, on Jesus Christ. That's why I can speak, Lord, you're with me. Lord, you're beside me. And Lord, he will never fail me. We understand that throughout time in the book of Genesis, if we go to Genesis chapter number one, starting at verse number 26. We know on the first day God made light, then he had the sky and the water, sea and the earth. Day four, sun, moon, stars. Day five, fish and the birds. Day six, animals. And then also on day six, we have man and women. This is when Adam and Eve was created in day six. We know that the first five days he spoke, everything came into existence. Day six, he also spoke, animals came into existence. But also something else happened on day six. He took time to create mankind. What's interesting here is that in in the Genesis 126, this is when we see here where the Bible says, and God said, let us make man in our image. He not only says, let us make man in our image, but then he says, after our likeness. What's interesting here is if we can go to Ephesians chapter number one, verse number 11, is that many people get caught up saying, well, where the Bible says, let us make man in our image and after our likeness. Who is he talking to? He wasn't talking to a a second person. He wasn't talking to a second person in the Godhead. He wasn't talking to the Son. He wasn't talking to the Holy Ghost because there was none but him there. The Bible says in Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, God. Does not say in the beginning, them. Does not say in the beginning, us. But it says in the beginning, God. So when he speaks of let us make man, it's important to understand that We serve a God that counsels with himself. We serve a God that counsels with his own wisdom. Is there anybody in here that's ever talked to themselves? Uh Uh-huh. How many in here ever answered yourself? Oh Lord, we got some prayer to do up in here. We got a (laughs) we got another prayer meeting we need to get we need to happen then. We serve a God that also talks to himself. He counsels with himself. So therefore, when you read in scripture where he says, let us make man, he was talking to himself. It it says here in Ephesians chapter number one, verse number 11. The Bible says, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things. Somebody say all things. He worketh all things, not some things. That means everything. That means since the beginning of time to the end of time, he worketh all things. How? After the counsel of his own will. We serve a God that counsels with himself. So when he says, let us make man, he was talking to himself. And it's after his own Wisdom. Let's go to Proverbs chapter number 8. Proverbs chapter number 8, starting at verse number 12. Proverbs 8 verse 12 says, I wisdom, somebody say wisdom. I wisdom dwell with prudence and find out knowledge of witty inventions. Verse number 14 says, Counsel is who? Counsel is mine. Remember the Lord who counsels with himself. And sound wisdom. I am understanding. I have strength. Verse number 22. Let's drop down just a few verses. We're speaking of, somebody say wisdom. The Bible says in verse number 22, the Lord possessed me. In the beginning of his way, before his works of old. Well, what was his works of old? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That was his works of old. And before he created the heavens and the earth, somebody was there with him. Who was there with him? He possessed me. Who are we speaking about? Wisdom. Wisdom was with him. Whose wisdom, though? His wisdom. Why was it his wisdom? Because he's a God that counsels with himself. So the Bible says, the Lord possessed me in the beginning of his way before his works of old. Verse number 27 says, when he prepared the heavens, who was there? I was there. When he set a compass upon the face of the deep. Verse number 30 says, then I was by him, As one brought up with him and I was daily his delight rejoicing always before him. So now that's why when we read in Genesis 126 and God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. Let us make man after my own counsel after my own wisdom. He wasn't talking about anything else. He wasn't talking to anybody else, but he was talking With and to himself. So that's why we can better understand verse number 27. Verse number 27 says, so God created man in his own image. Why did he create man in his own image? Because he was talking to himself the whole time. So he created man in his own image. What image was that? The image of the wisdom or the counsel that he had thought of for himself. In the image of God created he, him, male and female created he, them. So we were created in image or selim, S-E-L-E-M. Selim means resemblance. We were created in his resemblance. People say all the time, God help me so that when people see me, they see you. I want you to know something here that it's important that when people see you, they do see him. But it's also important that you don't do anything to alter your image so that when people see you, you do not reflect him. Uh huh. See, that's why it's important for us to love who we are and appreciate how God created us. We shouldn't go altering ourselves. Mm -hmm. We shouldn't alter ourselves. That's why we have all the things that are happening in a day where man is looking, transforming into women, women into man. No, that's altering yourself. That is not how God created you. God created man and then he created woman. And so we shouldn't do anything to alter ourselves because now we are altering the wisdom of God. So now we are saying that, God, I don't think you got it right. Let me change myself for you. Oh, I'm preaching about foundation here today because this goes all the way back to our foundation, because we must understand that God doesn't make mistakes. So how he created you is exactly how he wanted you to be. And we don't need to help God out because he is all wisdom. He is all knowing. And when we alter ourselves, we are saying, Lord, let me help you out. So some of us need to go back to the drawing board or to the mirror, if we will, and start saying, Lord, I appreciate what I see in the mirror because I was designed and created by you. Amen. The Bible lets us know that not only did he create us in his image, but after his likeness. The word likeness is demuth in the Hebrew. Demuth, which means like manner. Meaning that we take on his traits, his characteristics. This is where the difference is made between the Christian and the godly. What are you saying, pastor? What I'm saying is, is that there's a difference between someone just saying they're a Christian and someone that professes to be godly. Because if you're professing to be godly, you like what he likes and you hate what he hates. But we have people that are professing to be Christian that is not liking what God likes and not hating what he like, what he hates. There are people that are saying, yeah, I'm Christian, but they're going along with everything that the world is going along with. How can you be Christ-like? How can you be Christian and go along with everything that the world is saying is okay? If it's not in the word of God, we have to to go against it. We have to speak against it. We have to draw lines in our own family and our relationships against the things that the world is saying is okay. No, it's not okay. If the Lord says it's wrong, then we must stand with the word of the Lord. And I would rather be called godly than Christian anytime. Because I want to be a godly man of the Lord. You ought to be a godly man and woman of the Lord. Because that means you like what he likes and you hate what he hates. Amen. Because when you begin to draw lines and separate yourself from the world, that's when people begin to take notice and say, there's something different about you. Because when you begin to have a sure foundation, people are going to notice the difference in your life. Because you're not going to respond to things the way everybody else responds. Amen. So it's important. That people have a sure foundation. We are living in a time where people of God, if you don't have a sure foundation in what you believe in and the God that you serve, you will be thrown off track. You will be knocked off what pedestal you think you're on. Amen. Because we are dealing with a lot of things in our time and in our day, in our society, in our world. But who are you believing in? Who are we trusting in? We must trust in the name of the Lord. If we say the name of the Lord is a strong tower, the the righteous run in and are safe. If we say that, that the Lord is able to do all things but fail. If that is the things coming out of our mouth, is that the foundation that you're standing on? Because you can say one thing out of your mouth, that doesn't mean you're standing on that same foundation. But I'm trying to wake up this church and I want to wake up people that are listening to me all over. You need to understand that what you say is actually what you mean. And what you're saying and what you're professing out of your mouth is really what you're standing on. That you're not just saying things to please somebody. To please man, to please woman, but you're saying it because you trust in the Lord. I'm telling you, God is bringing people to a place where you may not have people to lean and depend upon like you always have been, but you must have a relationship with the Lord so uh, that no matter what takes place in your life, I'm staying with Jesus and I'm trusting in the Lord. Because when we have that type of relationship, it will reflect in our lifestyle. And that's what we want. We want a lifestyle so that people are drawn to your lifestyle. People are looking for something that is real and something that is true. So the question I want to ask someone here today, is your lifestyle reflecting something that is real and something that is true? Because if your lifestyle is reflecting it, people will be drawn to your lifestyle. People will be drawn to you saying there's something different about you. You're not responding the same way the world is responding during this pandemic. You're not responding the same way of all the social justice and everything and how you were raised and how you were brought up. But you're loving people. You're treating people right. You're saying the right things at the right time. You're keeping your mouth shut at the right time. What's different about you? There's this lifestyle. That people are searching for. If you go to the book of Ruth chapter number one. Let's start at verse number six. The Bible says, then she arose with her daughters-in-law. That she might return from the country of Moab. Speaking of Naomi. For she had heard in the country of Moab how that the Lord had visited his people in giving them bread. It says, Wherefore, she went forth out of the place where she was and her two daughters-in-law with her. And they went on the way to return unto the land of Judah. And Naomi said unto her two daughters-in-law, Go, return each to her mother's house. The Lord deal kindly with you as ye have dealt with the dead and with me. The Lord grant you that ye may find rest, each of you, in the house of her husband. Then she kissed them and they lifted up their voice and wept. And they lifted up their voice and wept again. And Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clayed. Unto her. What's interesting here is that we find where Ruth, more than Orpah, found something different about Naomi. Naomi had some type of influence. In Ruth's life to where Ruth made a decision to say that I'm staying with you. Here we have Naomi who has left Judah and went to Moab, a place where they were not supposed to be. They were instructed by the Lord not to go and have dealings with the Moabites. But Naomi, following her husband, with her two sons, left because there was a dry spell in the city. There was a dry spell in the land. Church, don't ever lose hope in the dry spell. Don't ever lose hope during the dry times because revival and harvest will return. They left the dry to go feast in the land that they should not have been in. And because they were in Moab, the Bible says that Naomi now has lost three men in her life. She lost her husband and her two sons. All of them have died. I want you to think about this, that when her husband and her two sons died, she lost her husband, meaning she lost security, stability, income means of life she lost her two sons which means she lost her future future stability future income a future way of life so now naomi is down to nothing but something in naomi strikes me that i want to tell this church Is that I believe Naomi had something within her that all of us need to have. Naomi had something that was built in her foundation. Naomi had something in her that was put there long ago. That had not been uprooted yet. She had every right to lose all hope because she had lost everything. Everything that was considered security in that time, she lost it. Even her future, she lost it. Naomi had every reason to stay right there in Moab and say, I'm going to stay here, I'm going to live here, and I'm going to die here. Because I have no other purpose or no other reason to return back to praise. To return back to Judah. To return back to the Lord. There are many people That have left the Lord and now they have lost many things, find themselves in a place of hurt, turmoil, distress. They know where to return, but something in them is keeping them where they are. But something was different about Naomi. There was something within her foundation that said, I'm not going to stay where I am because I know where I need to get back to. I want to tell somebody here today you cannot have pride when it comes to to the lord naomi had to swallow all that pride naomi had to swallow even the things that were to come i want you to think about this real good you better believe naomi was human just like we are you know when the thought came to her mind to return back you know the enemy said now you know they're going to talk about you you know they're not going to accept you. You know you shouldn't have left the first time. What are you doing? Go back there. You ought to just stay where you... Oh, I'm preaching right now. You ought to just stay where you are. I know there's people out there that are listening to me right now and you feel like you need to stay where you are. Well, I'm here to tell you this church is welcoming you with open arms, with an open heart, saying you need to come back to where you know you belong. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo. There are people here with smiles on their faces, a a warm heart, a, a warm hug, a warm high five. Whatever you need, we're here. Ready to receive you because if the Lord didn't bring us back to a place where we need to be, who are we to tell somebody else that you can't come back to where you need to be? Oh, hallelujah. Naomi had something in her foundation. That said, I've got to look beyond the ridicule. I've got to look beyond the talk. I've got to look beyond the people that are going to talk behind my back. I've got to look beyond the people that are going to snicker and say, yeah, look, she should have never left the first time. Look, she paid for it. She had to look beyond all that and say, I heard that the Lord has returned back to judah and if the lord has return there maybe he'll have grace and mercy upon me to go back to the place where i know i belong see many people talk about naomi because even when she, when she returned back she says oh don't call me naomi no more i'm mara now she 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 she, she had so much grief i'm mara now I don't don't call me naomi I, i'm not worthy of that name See, people talk about her in that instance, but I give Naomi credit for just going back in the first place. I give her credit just for having enough gumption and faith to return back to a place where she should have never left. But at least she came back. And see, you can look at this any way you want to, but see, the way I look at it is, if, the, if she had enough faith to return, that means when she seen the people, she was giving them an answer before they can even say hello. Naomi's back. Oh, don't call me Naomi. I know y'all gonna talk about me, so let me tell you what to call me. Oh, y'all not hearing me right now. See, we try to tell people what we think they're thinking. That's what Naomi was doing. She was trying to jump the gun and say, I know you're probably going to talk about me, so let me go ahead and get it off my chest first. Because that's what the enemy does when you try to get back to a place where you need to be, he's got you so messed up psychologically to where you feel like you don't deserve when, the, when those people are ready to accept Naomi with open arms. Church, you've got to have a sure foundation. You've got to have a sure foundation. And because Naomi... Had something in her. Ruth seen something that Naomi possessed that she wanted. Think about Naomi has now lost family members. Naomi must have handled that in such a way that Ruth said there's something different about you. Because no doubt Ruth has seen other people lose family members. But during this time when Naomi has now lost her husband and her two sons, in this type of situation, Ruth is saying, wait a minute. You've handled this differently than what I've seen other people handle this. There's something about you that's causing you to bounce back. You're not staying in a pity party. You're not staying just somewhere locked away. But something in you, I want that. I want what you have. You have to believe that Naomi conducted herself in such a way to where her life was such a reflection on Ruth to the point to where she says, where you die, I'm going to die. Now, that's influence. If you go to the point to where you say, where you die, I'm going to die. Now, that's one thing to say, where you go, I'm going to go. Where you live, I'm going to live. Your God's going to be my God. But then she goes even further and says, where you die, that's where I'm dying. Because there's something, whoo, I hope you're hearing me, church, because I'm trying to get us to understand that the people in this church, that God is getting ready to open up such great doors in your life. You want to be used in this time? Now is a great opportunity to be used. There are people searching for truth. There are people searching for answers. There are people that are searching for more than what they have. They're out there. They're just waiting on somebody with the right lifestyle, with the right influence to say, I want what you got. But you will not, God, Mm, 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 mm. I feel this so strong. The Lord will not send people your way if you're not on the right foundation. Why send people your way if your foundation isn't right? Why send people your way if you're not going to lead people back to Jesus Christ? Because that's the only purpose. The only reason why he wants to use us is to point people right to him. That's it. I remember when I was evangelizing, when I would go out and preach and I would get up and I would say, look, after service, after this altar call, after the Lord does whatever he does. If you come up and shake my hand and that's all you got out of it to come up and tell me you did a great job preaching. I've missed it. I I need to go back to the drawing board. I I messed up because you should not be drawn to me. You should be drawn to the one I'm preaching about that's that that's the draw if i'm up here preaching and teaching and you come up to me and say whoo i enjoyed that you you were so good and you walk out of here the exact same way you walked in here i'm just a motivational speaker that's all i am and we've got plenty of motivational speakers out there plenty of motivational speakers on tv we don't need another motivational speaker we need jesus we need jesus We need preachers and teachers that point people to Jesus because he's the one that saves, he's the one that heals, he's the one that delivers. I want people to come to me and say, my life has been changed today because of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. That's why I'm constantly saying you must be baptized in water. If you haven't been born again of the water and of the spirit, you're missing it because you must be born again of water baptism in Jesus' name and the infilling of the Holy Ghost. That's pointing people to Jesus. Amen. Because when you got what I got, now you can go infect other people. And now you've got a good foundation to stand on. You say, Pastor, I don't even know what to say. You can just show up to say, hey, I really don't understand what to tell you. All I know is I'm changed. All I know is I was going one direction. God has changed my life. He's washed my sins away. I've been filled with the Holy Ghost. Come and see a man. Come see a man. Come see a man. Hallelujah. That's why he met that woman at the well. Uh-huh. Not only to meet her need, but he had a bigger goal in mind. A larger agenda in mind because he knew that woman would go tell somebody and he knew that that woman had influence to where the city came out to see who's this man that's told everything in her life. There was something about Naomi that we know the story that because Naomi had enough faith I'm going to say that again because somebody needs to write this down. A sure foundation. A sure foundation. Faith must be a part of your foundation. Church, 2020 is a trial of your faith. I want to tell you something. I am, you will not hear this preacher. And if we have any preacher that comes in this church after I say this, I will get up in the pulpit and I will correct it. We are not going to be a church that says I can't wait till 2020 is over. I can't wait till tw- I want to get this over with. Who said it's going to be over with? See, we've missed things in our life because we're trying to rush past the problems. When the Lord is trying to work on us in the problem. uh huh, He uses the problems. He uses those things to work on us. So that when we come out of the problem, we're better than when we came into the problem. So then he doesn't have to put us through another problem just to get things out of us that we should have got out of us during the first problem. Amen. So no, 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 no. It's not about rushing through this year. It's about, Lord, while I'm going through this year, work on me. Change me. Work on my heart. Work on my mind. I want to make sure my foundation is sure. Because if your foundation is not sure, you're going to be lost. Faith must be your sure foundation. It must be. Because of what Naomi and Ruth, that relationship We know how Naomi had a very wealthy kindred on her husband's side named Boaz. And we know that Ruth married Boaz. Found favor with Boaz. Allowed her to have food and shelter. Ends up marrying Boaz. And the Bible says they had children together. To where the Bible lets us know that Boaz and Ruth begat Obed. And Obed begat Jesse. And Jesse begat David. The interesting thing is, is that Ruth was a Moabite. (laughs) Ruth was a Moabite. One that had no business where she was. She had no business ending up in the genealogy of Jesus Christ. But because Naomi had something called faith that was in her foundation and caused her to not stay where she was and pushed her to a place back to where she probably didn't want to be. Ruth said, I'm following you because there's something different about you. Not knowing what her future was going to be, all she knew was there's something that you have that I know I cannot leave. And if I go back to a place where I am here in Moab, I'm not going to end up the way I should in life. And because Naomi had enough faith in her foundation to return, Ruth said, I'm going where you're going. And because of Ruth's faith, Naomi she found out that where her faith lied was in Jesus Christ and now Ruth found out more about the God that Naomi probably used to talk about. I can just imagine Naomi Days when they're just by themselves at home because her family members have now passed away and it's just her and Orpah and Ruth, maybe just under the same roof. And Naomi used to tell them stories about the God that brought their his, her ancestors out of Egypt, the God that crossed the Red Sea, the God that brought down the walls of Jericho. I can just hear Naomi saying, yeah, back in Judah, we used to talk about these stories all the time. We used to always talk about how good God was and what he done for my people. Hallelujah no doubt Ruth is listening, saying, well, where's this God at? If you're talking about this person, I want to know more about this person. Oh, you're not hearing me, church. Yes. Ruth stepped into favor. She stepped into blessings. She stepped into wealth. And now she knows and has an understanding of the God of all creation for herself. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter number 11, in verse number one, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I've taught on this before that the word substance in Hebrew is hupostasis. Which means things put under substructure or foundation. The word substance means foundation. So the scripture is saying now faith is your foundation of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now faith is the subfloor, it's the foundation. You won't have any hope if your foundation is not right. You can't have evidence of things not seen if your foundation is not right. A sure foundation must be in the faith of Jesus Christ. Your faith in him must be solid. Your trust in Jesus Christ must be sure. Because when everyone else Is shaky and unsure. And everything else is rocky around you. Your faith in Jesus Christ must be sure. Faith becomes and is the very foundation of everything that we do. Every decision you make is based on your faith. Your faith in God or your faith in something else. Every decision you make It's based on your faith, whether you have faith in him or do you have faith in something else? That's when you make decisions based on where your faith lies. And if our foundation is not sure. In the faith and the trust in Jesus Christ, what can we hope for? What can we have evidence in? That's why the scripture says now faith is the substance or the foundation of things hoped for. That's why people are losing hope because their foundation is not right. That's why people are not sure what to do and where to go is because their foundation is not right. Church, we have to reassure that our foundation is right. We have to reassure that our faith is right in Jesus Christ. We have to reassure ourselves that I must put all of my trust in him. I'm telling you right now, you can go throughout this day, go throughout this week, go throughout the rest of this year unsure about who you are and what the Lord wants to do with you. But I'm telling you right now, if you don't wake up and rise up to the occasion and realize and shake yourself and say, Lord, help me, God, that my faith is right in you. That my foundation is sure in you. I want to challenge everyone here today that you must speak over your home, speak over your family, and tell your loved ones, tell your children, tell your wife, tell your family that we stand and we trust in Jesus Christ. That this home will be a home that trusts in the Lord. Since when did we put all of our trust in every doctor report? Since when did we put all of our trust in every CNN and Fox News station? Since when did we put all of our trust in every other person on the job in our area? Since when did we do that? But all of a sudden the church wants to listen to everybody else now and their thoughts and opinions, but we must put our trust In the Lord. If we're talking to people more than we're talking to God, we need to rearrange our life. But men need to rise up in their home and say, honey, we're standing on Jesus Christ. Children, we're trusting in the Lord. Because our foundation must be sure. Yes, we're human. It's easy for us to get sidetracked. It's easy for us to have a little bit of fear. It's easy for us to have a little bit of uh, intimidation, uncertainty. We're flesh. But there's something on the inside of us. There's that spirit that dwells on the inside of us. Greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world. That scripture, you need to open up your revelation, your eyes to that scripture. It's not just talking about attacks. No, uh uh-uh. It goes deeper. Because the depth of it is the attack of spirits, people, people. But also the attacks of oneself. Ooh, I wish I could teach on that a while. Uh huh. The attacks of oneself. You telling yourself, I'm not sure. You telling yourself, I'm not sure what to do. Us telling ourselves, I really don't know what to do or where to go. We have all this built up within us because of what we're saying to ourselves. But the scripture says, no, greater is He that's within you than he that is in the world let's stand to our feet lift our hands to the Lord right now oh God I thank you Lord I thank you Jesus I thank you Jesus I thank you Lord God I thank you Lord for what you're doing right now I thank you Jesus for the spirit that we feel in this place right now God I give you glory You're so worthy, Jesus. I thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. Oh, God, I pray in the name of Jesus. Have your way, oh, God, in our lives. Help us, Jesus, right now to have a sure foundation. Help us, oh, God. Ah, Now faith is the foundation of things hoped for. God, we need that substance, oh, God, that we can stand on and be a rest assured that our trust is in you. Let's clap our hands unto the Lord and magnify him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. While you are standing, I want to say a few things here. And that is, um, everything that um, is taking place in your own personal life, all right, we must attack it Head on. Okay. Why are you saying this? Because I really feel strong in my spirit that the Lord uh, has been dealing with me about the households. Okay. And what I'm teaching on today and what I was talking about here today was dealing with Naomi's household. Ruth learned what she learned from Naomi in the household. That's what drew her to Naomi saying, where you go, I'm going to go. It happened in her household. Church, I I want to challenge every individual in here to go back to your household and claim victory in your house. I want you to go back home and I want you to claim victory over your household. And I want you to reassure yourself that your faith Is in Jesus Christ. That your faith is not in man. That your faith is not in CDC. That your faith is not in any other doctor. That your faith is not in anything else. But your faith is in Jesus Christ. Because the Lord is getting ready to perform great miracles in people's life. But he cannot perform them if our faith is not in him. If we're still trusting in everything else but him first, then we're not going to receive what belongs to us. But I'm telling you right now, this church on this corner is going to be a place where people are going to be coming from the north, south, east, and west. I want you to hear me. When we walked and claimed the city, the Lord told me, I didn't share everything with the church, but when we walked and claimed the city, it was more than just souls. It was more, it was way beyond just souls, just people coming in. No, it was talking about He was dealing with me more so, not only souls, but also people that hear about what's taking place in this church. So where people are going to be coming from the north, south, east, and the west and say, I heard something is happening here. My daughter has this disease. My son has this. My uncle has this. My grandmother has this. And I heard that people are being healed in this place. But our trust must be in Jesus Christ. I cannot speak for any other church, any other building, any other members, anywhere else. But on the corner of Creasy and Union, when you walk in those doors, you're walking into faith. You're walking into faith in Jesus Christ. That's what it is. So I want to tell this church go back to your houses today and claim victory. Claim victory over your home. Claim victory over your family. Claim victory over your loved ones. Claim it in Jesus' name. Because the devil can fight, but he cannot win. We are victorious. The Bible already declares we are more than conquerors. We're more than conquerors. So the battle that we're dealing with right now, the Lord is already fighting for us. He's already going before us. We must trust in him. We must trust in him. So trust in the Lord. Be of good courage. Hallelujah. Let's lift our hands one more time unto the Lord. God, we thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. Help us, Lord, right?